0: Awesome, man. I am jacked up and ready to go. Is anybody else ready? Woo! Man, I am. (laughs) I'm about to punch something, so I hope y'all are ready. Uh, This morning's going to be a little different. Um, It's the week four of Elephant in the Room, and it'll be more of a teaching than a preaching, so I hope everybody's ready. Can y'all just take one second and look around? We got people having to stand up. Is anybody excited in this house today? Huh? It's awesome now. Come on. I'm fired up. Speaking of elephant in the room, the citadel, that's all I'm going to tell y'all, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord not for that one, okay? But anyway, we had to get that out of the way now. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Let's hope. All right. But today is week four of elephant in the room, and this is, the, this is what we're going to talk about. What happens when we die? What's heaven going to be like? And y'all chose this. I didn't choose this. But I want to show you why I knew that this was going to be one of your choices. This is why that I knew that this was going to be one of your choices, Ecclesiastes, the wisest man that ever lived, Ecclesiastes 3 said, he's made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. That's mankind, not dudes, okay? He's put eternity into each one of your hearts. So this isn't a surprise that this is one of the choices that you guys wanted to know because Solomon says that this is what you're going to want to know. Because he's placed it there yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And so it's a mystery. There's things that are a mystery, and it's difficult to understand. And and there's things that we really want to know. But here's the thing. We got this question, and then with that, I've heard lots of different questions. And this is what, like, people just want to know some of these things. So I'm just going to run through in the opening just real quick. Are are we married in heaven? I'm going to let y'all answer this. Are we married in heaven? Nope. I'm not sure. <laughs> Luke 20:36 says there is neither marriage nor giving in marriage in heaven. That's what Jesus said. And some of y'all are really sad right now. Like you, you feel this place in your heart, right? Like <laughs> you feel the music, <laughs> and then some of y'all are like, "Thank God, heaven can't get here quick enough!" Right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> but there's a reason that there's not marriage in heaven, and all of y'all that just laughed, y'all are in the doghouse. I'm not. That's not how I feel. Come on now, Jesus. Will there be pets in heaven? Would there be pets in heaven? Would there be pets in heaven? Most people say yes. Here's the answer. Dogs yes, cats no. All right? That's all we need to know. <laughs> right. The truth is the lion lays with the lamb and that's a cat. So now that's awkward, right? But, but we do know there's animals in heaven. I don't know if your dog's in heaven. I've seen some dogs, by the way, that they bark like the dog behind your house, Pally. oh, my goodness, that dog is not in heaven, okay? I'm just telling you. It's mean. But animals don't have souls, and so I don't know that our animals are in heaven. So if you're sad right now because you don't know if you're a pet and you're not married, this is a rough start, right? <laughs> but there are pets in heaven. I believe that we will have pets in heaven. The next one. Well, I have wings. When I get to heaven, y'all would be amazed how many people want to know this. Do we have wings when we get to heaven? Some of you say, no, I'm not sure if I answer this and it's wrong. It's awkward, right? I do not believe there's any reason to believe that we have wings. As a matter of fact, now this is awesome. I think when we move in heaven and on the new earth, and I'm going to get to in a minute, I think we get to just like beam me up, Scotty, and move telepathically. Now, come on, is that cool to anybody else? You don't have to drive your car. You don't have to fill it up with gas. Come on, somebody, praise the Lord for that. We just get to be there, and that's good news. Right, get, right, let me just stop right here. Not all angels have wings. Can I just help y'all with that? Not all angels have wings. We know the cherubim and seraphim who are guarding the ark and who guard the presence of the Lord. They have wings, they have six. But not all angels even have wings. And not all angels are girls. I don't know if that makes you feel better either, but they are Gabriel and Michael, and that's an awkward name for whatever. Anyway, that might be y'all's name, so don't pretend I didn't say that, all right? But not all, but they're not males either. They're, they're just masculine in form, it appears. But I do not think we have wings in heaven. Then we're going to get to the good ones. Here we go. Are harps the only instrument in heaven? No, that would be hell. Come on, somebody, right? Oh, my gosh, if harps were the only instrument. But that's like really how people think, right? It's like the harp and the cloud. Like that's, people that I've listened to and talked to, they think that heaven's going to be like harps and clouds always. And a lot of people feel that way. As a matter of fact, this is the biggest question that I think people have. Is it going to be boring? Are we just going to sing all day? Is it going to be like, 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 can I be honest with y'all? If it was just harps, I would leave the stage right now because that sounds horrendous. But most people, listen. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they've said, listen, the party's in hell and I want to be where the party is. I'm going to bust some myths today. I'm going to jack some people up that feel that way. That is not the party. It, I wish that my words could destri- to, excuse me, describe how awful it's going to be and how amazing heaven's going to be, by the way. But we're going to try. Come on now. We're going to try because it's going to be good. But here's what I want y'all to see this. Here's what Joel Stein from the LA Times, he wrote this in 2007, and it was on the front page of the LA Times. And this is what he said, heaven is totally overrated, it seems boring, clouds and listening to people play the harp, right? The two myths that we're busting, he believed it. It should be somewhere you can't wait to go, like a luxury hotel, I got good news for him. that's where people are now, we're gonna get there in a second, but like a luxury hotel, maybe blue skies, soft music, Excuse me, maybe blue skies and soft music were enough to keep people in line in the 17th century, but heaven has to step it up a bit. They're basically getting by because they only have to be a little better than hell. And I'm not talking bad about Joel Stein. He is um, ignorant to the truth of of heaven. But can I be honest with you? Some of you felt that way when you walked in here today. That you're like, yeah, I'm interested in heaven, but it... It's going to stink to have to just play a harp for forever. Like, that sounds terrible. And I love this far side. Y'all might have seen this before, but so I wish I had brought a magazine, right? <laughs> Some people just feel that way. Like, it's just going to be boring, and I'm just on this cloud, and I got my halo and my wings, by the way. And I just, I, he just needs a harp in his hand. I don't know why they left that off. But, like, but that's how people picture heaven. And that's not it. So here's the deal. The, the loved ones that we have, Friday I preached a funeral up in Akron, Ohio, and, and so my grandmother that I preached the funeral for, she is in the place now that I'm about to describe to you based on Scripture. She's she's in heaven, and and it's not like this. And this is what Jesus said when the thief on the cross was like, Today, Jesus, uh, will you remember me? And Jesus said, Today I'll, you'll be with me in paradise. He said, he said, Man, this guy's done nothing wrong. Lord, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And this is what Jesus said in Excuse me, I, I got ahead of myself. Uh, this is why we have hope, by the way. First Thessalonians chapter 4, this is why we have hope. And this is what I would want to tell Joel Stein if I was just like having a conversation with him. And this is just a few verses, but he says, we do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed of this, brothers, about who are asleep. Like I just said, my grandmother, many of you guys have lost loved ones just recently. Or maybe a long time ago. And he says, listen, don't be ignorant to this fact. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And today, the reason I'm excited about this message is I don't stand up here without hope. I stand up here with all hope. The reason that I put posts out that seem crazy and the camera's too close to my face so my lips look even bigger. Come on now, somebody. That's not a good thing. But like the reason that I have that hope and I say get your hopes up is because Paul said get your hopes up. We don't have to be like them who have no hope. Who at funerals they say one time at Vacation Bible School when he was four. I think he said this cool prayer. Now he lived like hell his whole life. He never had evidence that he had trusted Christ as Savior. He never was filled with the Holy Spirit. He never had anything that happened that seemed like he was following Jesus, but maybe just maybe he got the magic dust happen to his life. Now we have the hope because we are full of Jesus. We, he has placed His Holy Spirit inside of us, and we are sealed till the day of redemption. That's why we have hope. we said, so don't grieve like they do, for since, for since we, and this is for all of you that are believers. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring him, excuse me, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Every person that has died before us is getting called home. And then this is, this is what he says, continuing, verse 15. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. This is a declaration of freedom from the Lord that, that we who are alive, we who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. We're not going to get there before them. It's not, it's, not, it's not bad for them to be gone. Now look, this is what he says. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. And I love this because I love Israel so much and I love the Mount of Olives. It's maybe my favorite place on the planet to visit. And Zechariah 14 verse 4 says that, that he will return and come get his church. That's everyone that's died before and that's all of us that are still here if he comes in our lifetime and he will call us home. With a voice of an archangel, he's going to stand there and if, listen, if you hear a loud trumpet and you're standing outside, hold on to yourself, you know what I mean? Like, because we're about to go home. And with the sound of trumpets of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now that's thinking awesome. I, I just want to picture what that's like I don't think we get to stand and watch and be like sweet that dude I I don't know how they got that one back together you know what I'm talking about but like that's awesome I think it's going to be quick but if we could see it that would be crazy and then this is how he finishes and I love this so much then we who are alive who are left will be caught up to every one of us will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will always be with the Lord forever And that's when eternity starts. That's when heaven starts. And then this is the verse. This is how we should live our lives. This is what Paul's saying right here. This is how we should live. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so at funerals, I think people are sometimes weirded out because I'm not typically really emotional. I get more emotional when I'm preaching to y'all about the goodness of Jesus Christ oftentimes than I do at a funeral. You know why? Because I can encourage you with these words. That my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That it's not my righteousness that makes me good, but it's Jesus in me that makes me good. That all my hope is not in that I can do good, that I can impress you or anything else, but the God that is inside of me is greater than anything that I'll ever face. And if death happens to me today, so be it because I'm going home. Come on, somebody. That's good news. Come on. Woo. So what's it going to be like? That's the question. What's it going to be like? Where's my family? Where's your family that has already gone home? And this is what this is what he said. And this is where I was trying to go when I was getting ahead of myself. He said to him, truly, I say to you today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so he promised the thief on the cross, you're going to go to paradise today. But what is paradise? Here's another myth that we can bust. I've heard songs about this. I've heard like you get a mansion when you get to heaven. Right. Has anybody heard that? Y'all talk to me. Has anybody heard that before? And so everybody says wrong, right? Paradise literally means a temporary place or refreshing place. I just want you to kind of picture this this place that that our family is heaven. But it's the heaven for now because it's not where we're going to spend eternity. It's like a garden. It's like an amazing getaway. And the word Monet is literally what the King James translates mansion but it's not a very good translation. So for every King James only person in the room, and if anybody in here is King James only, whoo, you found the right place, right? But for every King James only person, it literally translates a holding room or a hotel room. And it's wonderful. It's amazing, but it is temporary. It will not be around forever. It is where we get to hang out and be. And it is a wonderful place. It is not purgatory for any of my Catholic people in here that grew up that way. That is a lot of times where Catholics get Purgatory. And I understand because it, it there is some similarities, but that is not what it is. That is not what it is. This is a this is a paradise. It's a wonderful place. It's like a garden, but it is not where you're going to spend forever. It's not where we're going to spend all of eternity. And so right now, all of our people are in this holding place in this beautiful garden. With rooms that we get to hang out in. And I'm telling you, it is going to be so amazing when we die and we get to hang out there until Jesus calls the church home. Let me just stop here and tell you this. The Bible says that in eternity, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And so people often wonder, how long will we be there? Will it feel like forever? And I just don't feel like it will. I, I think it's going to happen really fast when we're there. I don't think that we will, it, I don't think it will feel like that we're in this place very long because eternity's coming and forever's coming. And then this is why we know that it's not forever, is the. Uh, if this is not where we're going to spend forever, then what's it going to be like? I, like, is that not what everybody wants to know? Y'all talk to me. Is that what you want to know today? Yes. So, so three of you want to know that and the rest of us. Phew. But this is what John. So so revelation, just so I can give you this revelation is is a vision that John got. He was on the island of Patmos in Greece and. And. Um, he got this vision from God and he wrote it out. And just so y'all know, and this is what I really believe about Revelation. I love the book of Revelation. But it's a vision and it's, it's penned by John who wrote the gospel of John in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And I, I really believe that he did the best he could to translate it for us. But this is still a vision. And there's a lot of things in Revelation that we have to, and I'm just being honest with you, that we have to guess about. That we don't know for sure. And if you ever meet someone are like, I'm positive, this is what it means, back away slowly, right? But we do know that there is a new heaven and a new earth. This is not one of those, it's not the scrolls and the lampstands and the hide your kids and hide your wife and all that stuff. Like this is, this is the new heaven and new earth. And it said, then I saw a new heaven, new earth, which means that the first heaven or paradise and the first earth where you are currently sitting has passed away. And it says the sea was no more that the place that you are currently at, and I mean, if you're sad, that's okay, but it's not going to be here anymore. He gone, right? It's not going to be here. And neither is the heaven that we're in. But I'm just telling you right now, this is good news. So I don't know if you take notes. Most men in the room, I love you. You're my brothers, and I get it. But most of us don't take notes. Today, will you take notes? Because I just got three points, and it's quick. It is not going to take a long time. But I want you to remember these. Because Paul said... Put your hope in these. Put your hope in these things. Don't put your hope in everything else. They're falling away. They're fading. By the way, this earth isn't even going to be here. So if you make a name for yourself on this earth, that's awesome. But it's not even going to be around. (laughs) So that stinks. If that's the only thing I do, right? Come on now. But here's the three things I want you to know. Heaven's a real place. This isn't an imaginary, fictitious thing that I'm coming up with today. And be like, this sounds really good. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and you who who have trusted Jesus Christ, you'll spend forever there. And it's going to be stinking awesome. And here's what Revelation says about it. It's a real place. He says, the city lies four square. The city is literally in a square. This is describing heaven. Okay. This is describing the city. The, The Bible calls it the new Zion or new Jerusalem that comes out. And I'm going to explain that in a second. But listen, it says, its length was the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. I just put this because in other translations, it says 1,500 miles or 1,400 miles depending on the translation, but let's just say 1,500 miles. And its length and width and height are equal and so it's like a cube. And immediately you go, hang on a second, how are we gonna live in a cube, right? Because this is a little bit weird. But remember, you get to beat me up, Scotty, and that's awesome, right? So I don't know how it works and I don't know if there's like levels. Every mile's another level and I'm on the 1,400th level of heaven. But I just know this is what the Bible says, and I'm not going to try to totally figure this out because my mind's kind of trying to figure it out, but it's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles in a cube. But the new heaven and new earth are together, and this is what I really believe is where this is possible. No one knows this for sure, but maybe where earth is now or somewhere close to it is where I believe the new earth will be. And I actually believe that we'll spend most of our time on the new earth. And the Bible says that Jesus... Not the sun in the sky, in all his glory, is what brings light to heaven and what brings light to the new earth. And that there is no need for darkness, and there's no need for light, and there's no need for sleep. And I don't have to work, come on, somebody, with my hands. Shoo. And it is real. And here's, I really believe that heaven the new heaven, and earth, the new earth, are going to be linked together. And I really believe that we're going to be spending forever and ever in the new earth that is much like God intended it to be in the Garden of Eden. I just want to give you this quick before we move on. The reason that there's no chance that the same thing will happen again that happened with Adam and Eve is because Satan will have been cast into the lake of fire and there's no chance of sin at that point. There's no chance. And that is good news. Come on now, that's good news right there. Because we're not going to mess up. But it, 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 it's a literal place. It's a city that comes out of the old Zion or old Jerusalem. And that is thinking awesome. And then heaven is also a right place. Meaning good. It's a right place. This is one of my favorite things about heaven. Is everything that's not right. This morning I got a phone call from one of my best friends who's preached here um, on a few occasions. And... He was supposed to preach at Five Point this morning, and he preached here last Christmas, Jamie. And um, his wife had to be rushed to the hospital, and they don't know what's wrong, so I'm not going to speculate out loud. And um, But it's just like, man, the enemy's attacking, man. God's doing crazy stuff in their student ministry over there. They're running over 300. This time last year, they were running about 90. Students are getting saved. 17 got saved this past Sunday. And I just told them on the phone at 7.30 this morning, man, I'm not surprised. My heart's broken, but I'm not surprised. You know why? Because this is not a right place. This is a broken place. This is a place that needs healing. Creation groans for the Savior's return is what the Bible says. Creation is groaning because the ground was cursed because of our sin. And we will never be without curse. We will be free from sin, but we will always struggle. And the reason is because this world is fallen. But can I just give you some good news of what I just said? The closest thing, Christian, you'll ever experience to hell is when your wife is running MRIs and EKGs and you are feeling so much anxiety and you just want to throw up because you don't know what to do. That's the closest thing Jamie will ever experience to hell. And when you lose a loved one that you don't know what to do and when someone close to you goes off the deep end and you don't know where to go, that's the closest thing you'll ever experience to hell. And you were made eternal You were made eternal. The second that you were conceived, not born, the second you were conceived in your mama's belly, you were an eternal being that never has an end. And we have a temporal end and never an end. And really the good thing starts when we breathe our last. But because hell is no longer part of our equation. And that's good news. (laughs) It's a right place. Here's Here's what John said in Revelation. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. Everybody that's got back pain today and their knees are hurting, you are like, I'm not as good as I once was, and I'm not even as good once as I ever was. Come on, somebody, that's some of us in here. (laughs) Like we hurt, right? You get up in the morning and... Y'all are like, you're only 35. You don't hurt like I hurt. And I, that's the truth. Some people are hurting terribly bad this morning. Some of y'all are going through ailments that I can't even possibly imagine. And John's like, look, man, here's what, here's what God gave him. There's not any pain. There's not any mourning. There's not any hurt for all the former things have. What's that word? Whew. That's awesome. It's the right place, man. Like, for those of us that we can't eat everything that we want to eat, come on, I'm talking to some of you right now, so I need you to talk back to me. The hot light's always going to be on, and we ain't ever gaining weight. Is anybody with me today? Come on now. That's good news. Woo. Always on, baby. We don't ever have to. And they don't, I don't even know if it, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to stick my head under the glaze because that's good, and I bet it won't burn my tongue in heaven. Come on. <laughs> and I really believe the right place. The Bible describes rivers and I really think the earth is going to look like a lot like it looks today. Only the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen is falling. So it will be much more beautiful. Probably the prettiest things I've ever seen, besides my wife, come on now, is, is Maui. I mean, we just thought Maui was just unbelievable. The the, the sunsets and the, it just took our breath away. And it just gives me so much joy to know that that is falling. And heaven in every stitch of heaven will be much more beautiful than that. It's a right place, man. And we're going to spend forever and we're going to be able to go to and from where Jesus is going to be and where God the Father is going to be sitting on his throne in all his glory. And that's, that's awesome. And then heaven is a relational place. It's a relational place. And even though there's not marriage, I believe that if you're married in here and you love your wife or love your husband and you're disappointed that you won't be married, there's not procreation in heaven. We won't reproduce and we won't have a need to be fruitful and multiply. And the Bible said that it was not good for man to be alone. And so he gave man a helpmate in Eve and we will not be alone. Golly, that's good news. And for every one of you that feel alone today, no matter if you have a wife or a husband Or whatever your job is, it can get lonely at times. You'll never be alone because heaven is a very relational place. But that's why you're not married. But I believe you'll know your spouse, and I believe you'll know your friends, and I believe we'll hang out with them, and it'll be awesome. So much better than words can possibly describe. Because it's an amazing relational place. And you know the best relationship, which is literally the antithesis or the opposite of what hell's going to be, is we get to hang out with God. We get to walk With God, at any moment, I can be in his presence. And for everybody that thinks, I don't know if I can worship God forever and ever and ever. When you see him, when he is the light of the world, and that is literal and not figurative, when he is the illumination that lights up everything, I promise you this, whether you wanted to or not on earth and whether you said you did or not, you're gonna worship the God of the universe that you're standing in front of and you get to see him. Every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna confess and it's gonna be amazing. It's not going to be something that I'm like, I guess that I'll go worship him today. You're going to sprint. Actually, remember, beam me up, Scotty, right? We're going to get there and it's going to be awesome. And everybody's going to have joy because it's a relational place. I'm going to hit on some toes in just a second. So y'all stay with me. Heaven is a relational place in this one. Revelation 21 says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. The dwelling place of God is with man. Listen, in the Old Testament, when the Holy of Holies would enter a place, it was so holy that people couldn't even enter in there because they would die. But the, holy place, the dwelling place of God is with us forever because we are holy because of his righteousness in us. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God next verse says and this is the next chapter Revelation 22 through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month I think this is cool I just wanted to add this in the leaves from the tree were for the healing of the nations can I ask you all a question do the nations need to be healed today And this is the part I think is really cool. I believe that this means that if you're African American or Hispanic or Caucasian, we have some people from Southeast Asia, Orient, we have all kinds of different, and I love seeing that in this house. I think you're going to be what you are, you'll have a perfect body. But I don't think all of a sudden everybody is white. (laughs) By the way, if everybody was something, I believe they would be caramel. Like the Jewish people. So if you thought Jesus was white, I just busted another myth. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But I believe there'll be nations. Because I believe that the color of this world brings glory to our God. I think it's awesome. think the thing I get more emotional about than a funeral is how much we hate each other when forever we're going to live together and there'll be a healing of the nations. But, But Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. And the hope I have for this house is that we'll experience healing of nations in this house and that people, that this isn't a white house. Or a black church. But then we reach the least, the lost, and the lonely of every nationality and every people. And there's so many we have to have earbuds so that we can translate into other languages because that's heaven. Some people say, well, if they're gonna be there, I don't wanna be. And I got good news for you, you're not gonna be. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then the last one is it's a rewarding place, it's a rewarding place. I'm going to go quickly, but this is what rewarding means. Rewarding place literally is the word apoditomai. Apoditomai. And it actually means repayment. And in that same chapter, John wrote, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. So listen to this really quickly. There are two judgments. Judgment number one the white throne judgment. For every person that's never trusted Jesus Christ, you will face that judgment and he will look at you and say, Depart from me, worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And then there's a Bema seat or a judgment. And when I studied this, I was fascinated because this is literally what it means. It's not a judgment like con- condemnation, it's a judgment like a beauty pageant because it's a repayment. The person that was jacked up their whole life and got saved with their last breath, they're not condemned. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There are consequences, don't miss that, on this earth. But when we get to heaven, the judgment that we face is like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a judge, and it's a good judge. It's the one standing up, and he's like, I love repaying my children for what they've done. Can I tell you my motivation is not so God doesn't hate me, but so that when I get to lay at his feet with all the nations of people in heaven standing around. That it is a big old thing that I get to hand God and say, look, this is how much I loved you. And then he receives glory and this this light comes and it's it's just going to be amazing. But it's not a bad judge. It's apodinomite. He repays us for what we've done. That's why we store up treasures in heaven, somebody. Because we get to go see Jesus and we get to lay at his feet what we've done. And so every time you're tempted, just remember apodinomite. My reason for not wanting to sin is strengthened by the fact that I'm storing up treasures in heaven. My reason for wanting to, to sow seed and give back to God is apoditamai. Not so God doesn't hate you. And so we're all gonna die. And where we spend eternity is up to us. This is the end. It's, it's up to every one of you. This is what Revelation 21 says. He said, it's done. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the alpha and omega. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. That is good news. His grace is sufficient and far above what any of us can ask or imagine. His grace is enough to save every person that is on this planet and will ever be from condemnation in hell. It's enough. He said, I'm offering you this. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. John chapter 7. And out of me flows living water. The only water that we'll have in heaven is that same water because it comes from Him. He's the fountain. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be His God. And He will be my son or my daughter. You will be mine. And I will be yours and forever and ever. But then the next verse says, But to all these people, the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, sexual immorals, sorcerers, idolaters, And all liars. For every person, can I just translate this easily? For every person that's never trusted Jesus, and this is your defining work. Like, yeah, but I did good things. The Bible says that my good things are filthy rags. That this is how I'm known. And that I have no condemnation because I am in Christ. But no matter how good I do, this is how I'm defined. And that my portion or my repayment, my judgment will be the lake of fire that burns with sulfur in the second death. Because Hebrews nine twenty seven says it's appointed unto man, once to die and after that to face judgment. And no matter who you are and how much you think you know or how much you think you don't, all of us have an appointment to go meet our maker. All of us are dying right right where we said, I hope you, you guys live 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. But we have an appointment and at that moment, There's one thing that matters. Only one thing, and this is crazy. Thank you, baby. There's only one thing that matters. The Bible describes a book of life and only the people that trust Jesus's name is written in this. And then this is what he says in Revelation 20. He said, and if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, I believe standing at the judgment seat There'll be a book of life. And we don't go through judgment because he sees Brandon's name and he sees Braden's name. And he says, come on in. Come on in. Welcome home. That wasn't your home. I know sometimes it was hell and it was hot and it was awful and it was hard, but that wasn't home. This is home. Welcome home. But then for every person, and this is just what John said, whose name was not found in the book. You're like, I tried really hard. And I did all of these things. And he looks down and says, I don't see your name. Depart from me, worker of iniquity. I never knew who you were. Can I just tell you what I believe the worst part of hell is? I don't think the worst part of hell is even the lake of fire or an eternity of torment. And that does not sound good. But I believe what happened to Jesus in the garden where God the Father turned his back because he couldn't look at sin and was separated from Jesus for a matter of hours until he took on the cross and Killed death one last time and took the keys of death and hell so that we could have life in his name I believe that is the worst part of hell because for all <clears throat> Forever Literally the opposite of heaven where at any moment I'm in the presence of almighty God and he is the light. It is utter darkness because there is no God. That is not a party. My goal today is not to scare you out of hell. But I do want you to know the truth of hell. And I want you to know this, church. Every person where you live, work and play is destined one or the other. It is our only choice because it's appointed unto man once to die and after that is judgment. And so today what I want you to have an opportunity is to know that our hope is in the Lord. Not in a pastor, not in an amazing worship team, not in amazing volunteers. Our hope is in the Lord. And I'm going to heaven when I die and I can't wait to get there because it's stinking awesome. And I want all of you to come with me and I want to take all of them and I want to see a movement of God happen not so that people know my name or the name of Four Points but the name above every name, Jesus. So I just want to give you a chance right now. Will you bow your heads with me? I just want to know today with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask all of you to interact with me today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to know, Pastor, I'm certain that heaven is my home, that I'm not, I'm not at home today, that I'm an alien in a strange and foreign land, and I know for sure that I've trusted Christ as Savior, and I've given him my heart and life. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down. That's me, Pastor. I know that heaven is my home. I know that heaven is my home. Thank you. There were probably 20 people that did not raise their hand just now. I don't know if you didn't participate or if that's you. But if that's you, will you just look up at me really quick? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to look at me. If you don't know if heaven is your home, I just want you to, to look up here. Don't let anything, don't let anything, don't let anything keep you from hope. It's not what you do that defines you. It's what you haven't done that has defined you today. And that is place your trust in Jesus. Romans 10 says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus died and rose again, and I place all my trust in him, asking him to forgive me of my sins, I will be saved. And today we want to give you that opportunity. So if that's you, will you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need to be saved right now. I believe it's many of you in this room. Many of you didn't raise your hand. What will you let hold you back and keep you on your way? To a Christless eternity will any of you say pastor that's me I need to be saved just throw your hand up right where you are pastor that's me we're not going to embarrass you I just want you to hold your hand up say pray for me that's me that's me God what an awesome testimony that this house is full of believers God it is our responsibility to leave here full of hope not like people who don't know you but people who do and when we face difficulties that you you told us in John 16. 33. In this life, we're going to face trials and tribulations and the closest thing we'll ever face to hell. But take heart, you've overcome the world. And so God, our hope is in you. Holy Spirit, right now, our prayer is not that people know us, but people know that they were in the presence of God. And we're going to sing your praise in your name and about your spirit's movement right now. We love you, Jesus. What an awesome day to be in your house. And everybody said, Amen. Y'all stand with us.